Hello and welcome to the Success Secret Podcast with Rosso Santalev. I am excited to introduce you to a series of conversations with some of the most successful and inspiring individuals from various industries. My aim is to dive into the stories behind their success and explore the knowledge, strategies, habits, mindsets, and wisdom that have propelled their success. Each episode of the Success Secret Podcast will feature a different guest who will share their unique journey, the challenges they faced, and the lessons they have learned along the way. I will also be covering topics from entrepreneurship and innovation to leadership and personal development. Whether you are an inspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business professional, or just someone looking to improve your life, the Success Secret Podcast is for you. My goal is to bring you valuable insights and inspiration that will help you achieve your own success in business and life. So get ready to learn and be inspired. The Success Secret Podcast starts now. Hello and welcome Success Secret Nation to this new episode of the Success Secret Podcast with your host Hussain Talib. In this episode I have with me Will Russell. He is the founder of Russell Marketing. But before that in 2016 Will entered the e-commerce space as a crowdfunding marketing consultant. In 2017 he launched Russell Marketing an agency specializing in launch marketing. They have generated more than 20 million in revenue for 300 new entrepreneurs. Will also recently released his first book, Launch in Five. Uh, Will, welcome to the Success Secret Podcast. Thank you, Hussain. Thanks for having me. Awesome to have you here. Uh, well, first of all, I, as from what I am reading in your introduction, so you've been involved in marketing and you worked as a marketing consultant. So what is it exactly that drove you in the first place to enter the marketing world, I guess? Yeah, it's a great question. It was, it was by, by chance, really. Uh, when, I was, when I graduated university, uh, I, I grew up in England and, and decided to move to the US after graduation. And at the time, I was just looking for any job I could get that could, that could uh, keep me in the US and, and bring me some income. And it turned out to be a, an SEO job, search engine optimization. And from there, I, I guess kind of once you've got that little bit of experience and you look for the next step up, the next step up. And from there, I had a few different jobs and different companies working across all sorts of different types of marketing acquisition channels. And so I felt like I had a pretty good, uh, pretty broad understanding of the space. And that was what gave me the, I guess, the confidence to, to end up doing my own thing and launching my own company. Mm, that's amazing. Let's focus on into more details into your area of specificity that is basically uh, e-commerce marketing. But before that also, I want you to tell us first, when you started your business, what did you think that the first thing that might lead to success or failure in the, in the, in the beginning of your business? The first thing I really focused on when I launched, when I ended up kind of doing my own thing, the business I launched in 2016 was a little bit different to what I ended up launching in 2017. Um, but that's part of the, the pivot and the process, I guess. So the, but the first thing I really focused on was analyzing the efficiency of time. So as a, as a one person team, which was me at the time, uh, obviously, I only have so many hours in the day, and there are a million and, and one different ways that that you hear about kind of acquiring clients or growing business, from ads to networking events to cold emails to cold phone calls and so on. 
I didn't know what was going to work for me or what wasn't going to work for me. So for those first, I mean, I still check my time now, but especially early on, I did a lot of analysis on how much time am I spending doing certain sales development and, and what's actually working so that pretty quickly I'd be kind of getting rid of and putting to the side things that weren't supporting the business and supporting revenue. And so one example was networking. I went to a lot of networking in that first year, went to a lot of events. And then when I, when I did the analysis and I could see that after, let's see, two, two quarters or three quarters of that first year, uh, I hadn't got a single dollar in revenue from networking. I decided that that was no longer a good use of my time and, and focused elsewhere. So early on, I think I was very, very careful because it was, it was a bootstrap business. You know, it was just my own money you know, that, that I was using to sustain until, until I had revenue and income. And so I was very careful on, on the utilization of my time. And yeah, for me, it was really taking a close analysis of what's actually driving revenue and what's, what's a poor use of time. Mm. Yeah, that's very important to focus because the most important thing that is actually we couldn't get back as people in general and as business owners, entrepreneurs, is time. Once it's gone, you can't have it back. So you have to know how to use time efficiently and effectively, I guess. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people are surprised when they when they do track time specific to a kind of a, a really granular degree. People make assumptions on how their time's been spent, this, that, and the other. But whenever you you tend to speak to people who go through a, let's say they do a little challenge and for one week or one month, they really track their time, both personal and business, they come with some surprises. You know, it's surprising how much time you might spend doing a certain task which you hadn't even realized. So it's really, really, uh, that's why I still do it. You know, even uh, even six years in, it's, it's such a useful tool for me to understand how 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 I'm progressing in life, really, not just business. So I think time checking is a wonderful way of really evaluating how effective are you being in, in your day-to-day. Mm, okay. So how do you take that now and apply it into your business? And because the big umbrella is e-commerce now, uh, e- e-commerce marketing. So how does that actually work? Is isn't it a compet- yeah, is it isn't it a, comp- a very competitive space? Yes. E-commerce is, and that's why, despite lots of kind of thinking about, okay, how can you expand the business? How can you grow the business? A really easy option for me would be to say, okay, let's transition from being a launch marketing agency to just marketing. And we can help people who are existing brands, existing companies, and we can sell based on that. Uh, but that is very competitive. There's so many advertising marketing agencies. Now, if you look at the launch marketing space, particularly in the US, there's not many kind of uh, competitive companies, uh, maybe a handful, half a dozen, if that, uh, who really have prominence in the space. So there's just, there's much less competition in the launch space, uh, which is why even though I know there's a lot more clients available uh, should we expand to much broader e-commerce and certainly much bigger clients, you know, some perhaps much bigger companies that we could work with. Uh, however, I want to steer clear of all that competition and, and, and steer clear of the noise and really focus on what we're particularly good at, which is, which is that launch marketing system. 
Exactly. So now when we're speaking about launch marketing, you're basically helping startups, businesses that are starting in you, right? Yeah, a couple of things. Mainly well, at the start, we're, we're collecting market validation information so that we can actually present to that client a really solid go-to-market strategy. You know, maybe seven or eight years ago, lots of new entrepreneurs were focused on a very similar launch approach. They would run Facebook ads and that would basically be their, their, their strategy. Nowadays, it's a much more different space. And so we need to collect data quickly to really understand, well, are Facebook ads the right way to go? Uh, should influencer content creation be the way to go? Uh, is their order value sufficient order value for this to be a successful launch and so on so there's lots of data that we want to collect quickly so that's what we always do first we collect that data we validate the product offer in question the audiences the platforms and we can then put together a really strong go-to-market strategy for that particular client and then as you suggest yeah you're saying we, we implement it so we that usually is a process of a pre-launch period where we're generating interest, getting people excited, building up audiences. And then we have the launch period, which is where we're selling that product to these communities to bring in new customers. Uh, and that usually in total, that lasts about five months or so. So usually validation is maybe a couple of months. Then we have the pre-launch period, which is a couple of months. And then the actual sales period itself, maybe is four to six weeks usually. And so all said and done, you know, we're working with clients for maybe six months, maybe five months, something like that, uh, moving them through this process. And the end goal is by the conclusion of that period, they validated the idea, they've launched the idea and they have 1,000, 5,000, whatever it is that they set their target to new customers who have, who have committed and, and purchased the product. And it gives them cash flow and, and revenue to, either start that manufacturing or, or invest in, in further growth once they've got that e-commerce store set up and ready to go. Awesome. So now when we're talking about this type of business or online business, let's, for example, assume these two scenarios, like some people talk about you can have visitors come into your website, for example, for free, talking about SEO, you, talk, you work in SEO previously, right? And there is the advertising and doing ads on Facebook or Google or whatever it is, right? So how do you work with your client or determining which is best? And do you work with the two types of, uh, let's say, traffic generating source? Because eventually, especially in e-commerce, like we know there are the big guys like Amazon.com and these kind of places and websites. But when someone is starting their own website and e-commerce, a new website, it is really difficult and there is like basically zero trust in that website, right? So mm -hmm. how do you establish this authority for that website? And in these two scenarios, the let's say the free traffic and the advertising side of things, which is uh, you do determine is the best way to go and uh, what is the best way to go for, for, in your opinion for new startups in that area? Well, so in terms of free traffic versus paid traffic, uh, if we're considering ads versus non-ads, I mean, ads just gets you somewhere quicker. You know, ads is a really easy way to drive a lot of traffic very, very quickly to a website. 
And so you might be able to drive with ads in one day, the same amount of traffic that you would drive organically by blogging, let's say in a month. And that just speeds up your decision-making process and the time. So we always recommend uh, putting money behind paid advertising because it just allows you to make quicker decisions. It allows you to grow quicker and it speeds up the whole process. But you know, many people don't have big budgets they can allocate to, to ads. And so there are opportunities otherwise. I would say free, quote unquote free. You've got things like the organic and the blogging, but then you know something people often don't think about is, is what I call piggybacking. And most new companies are gonna have some relationships with existing brands, whether it's through manufacturing suppliers, whether it's through local networks or whatever the case may be. And oftentimes there's gonna be a couple of those, um, a couple of those, uh, brands who are going to help you and, and who have an existing community that you can that you can uh, use to support your your launch so that's what i call piggybacking is if you're piggybacking on another brand's audience and generating that interest and generating those sales from them now in terms of the credibility question you asked that's a really important one i think in 2023 more so than in any years prior um Credibility and trust have become have become more and more critical uh, post pandemic, especially with the economic challenges. Uh, people are less trust uh, are less trusting of brands and, and more skeptical of brands. And so, what that means is credibility is, is super super important. And whether it depending on the brand, you might have different kinds of credibility. One sort of credibility might be reviews, testimonials on the website from the consumers. Another sort of credibility might be media visibility, influencer visibility, and so on. And so during a validation period, when we start working with projects, we understand, okay, what is the credibility that's the most important for them? And, um, and make sure we're building up that, that credibility uh, during pre-launch. Mm. So that's because very important. Like, because a lot of people recommend, for example, to go for... Uh... To start, for example, there if they want to start like like for example physical products, like start on Amazon FBA, for example, then expand beyond that into your own website. So does this something that you work with, or do you only work with people who have their own uh, domain names and websites? For example, well, we can we can start working with people from from very early on. Uh, a lot of the companies come to us um, with nothing. You know, they maybe just have an idea that they need to um that they need to validate and and they will come to us with with very very little information and very little branding and our responsibility is going to be to help them prove that this is a product this is a brand that can be successful before they invest uh, the time and the money and the energy to to start building that brand so firstly it's absolutely fine and common for uh, for brands to have nothing when they come to us. And that's our obligation and our duty is to help them build that brand. On the flip side, many companies come to us when they're further down the line, you know? So many companies will build their early branding, build those early websites, and, and then come to us with that all ready to go and, and, and seek our help in growing revenue and scaling that. I think that by and large, it's going to be very, very rare that a website 
brand new website, brand new company, like you suggest, credibility challenges is going to convert customers very well, very quickly. It's just not. And there's going to be a lot of work and a lot of optimization happening during that early period. So for anyone listening who's thinking of starting a company or early, early days of their company, I would not recommend spending a lot of money, a lot of time building out that website because as you grow and as you collect data, things are going to change a lot. And so it's better to get that data and use that data to inform your decisions on how a website should look, how it should be displayed and so on, rather than build the whole website, build the whole brand, and then uh, actually run the ads to start testing and learning, oh, well, maybe these things weren't necessary at all. Yeah. So let's, for example, can we talk about numbers like, are there certain numbers that you put with your clients or yourself to start analyzing things? And what are the most important metrics in your uh, in your uh, operations? Yeah, there's a few big ones. Uh, so let's talk about validation metrics first, and then we'll talk about the econ metrics. So if we're validating a product, a couple of key metrics we're really looking at is pre-order reservations. So when we're testing, does the market want the product? We don't need the product yet. We just need to build out a strategy. We need to build out the creative uh, that is indicative that this product will be coming to market soon. And we're asking people to put down down payments. Either they're going to pay for the product outright to receive it down the in the future, or they're going to put down a small portion of the cost, and they will be and they will be notified when the product's available for full purchase. And so the, the conversion rate of those people, how many people are seeing the product, seeing this solution, seeing the price point, and willingly saying, yes, I'm happy with that price point. I'm willing to put that money down. Uh, all before the, 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 the entrepreneurs even started their manufacturing, potentially, or invested any money in building out big websites. Uh, so that's, that information is super important. And for us, we are looking for acquisition costs of those reservations or pre-orders are between 3 and 8%. So if you're running a funnel, you're running ads to a website, we're looking for about 3 to 8%. It's not, not dissimilar from what you might see on e-commerce of people submitting their information, submitting some sort of payment. Uh, on the... On the flip side, we're also looking at, well, how, how engaged are they? So we're going to be looking at information such as survey responses. How many people are responding to a survey? How many people are opening a welcome email? Because one piece of it is going to be, yes, are they interested in acquiring this product at this time? But the second thing of it is, how engaged are they with what they're seeing? Because as everyone's seeing in e-commerce nowadays, just having one product available for sale and continuously selling that single product time and time again is a tricky is a tricky challenge. You've got to be releasing new products. You've got to be reselling to existing customers. Mm. And so you have to build a community that's engaged. And so in addition to understanding, well, what is the acquisition cost of that first customer? It's also important to understand how engaged are these customers? Are they being responsive? And so an example data point for that would be a welcome email. If we're sending a welcome email to people, we want to see at least a 40% open rate on that welcome email, which tells us, yes, not only are they signing up because they like what we've got, 
but they're opening, they're reading emails, they're engaging with us, and we feel confident that they will continue to engage as we move forward. Mm, yeah. So, uh, just a question uh, occurred to me just now about when you were talking about email. So, you, generally, when I see emails from commerce website, whatever they are, usually they are emails about, like you mentioned, new products that you want to keep selling to existing customers, right? So do you think this type of email for e-commerce businesses is a good idea always? But they or they should sometimes, for example, send send some inform information uh, about certain things related to what they are selling, not always selling on on the physical products, for example. I mean, one of the biggest advantages we've seen in 2023. Uh, for a lot of our clients is the value of collecting that feedback. You know, there's no one who's going to be more engaged and more excited in what it is you're, you're offering um, than those who have already become a customer and an advocate of your product. So if we're having, if, if someone comes to us to launch a new product and they already have an existing community, we are 100% going to suggest they lean into that existing community because they're the ones who use their existing products. They're the ones who know how they can improve, what sort of accessories or upsells they might be useful. And this doesn't have to be sent out through emails, for example. I think if you are really looking for that back and forth engagement with your prospective or with your customers and prospective customers, mass email can be a tough way to do it. So maybe things like private communities, Facebook groups, forums, uh, ask me anything sessions, Reddit AMAs, anything which allows you as a founder to really engage in back and forth uh, is really advantageous. So think about it, not just do I send emails out, but also how can I engage back and forth with these prospective customers and customers? Yeah. So I want to go into your book. You, you recently launched your book. It's called Launching Five. So what does that stand for and what does that mean and what are the most important aspects of it yeah so launching five uh the book behind me if you're watching on video is something that came out in november so we have a five-step launch system that we in implement for our clients we kind of touched on it before we have the validation then we move into steps two and steps three audience acquisition audience engagement which is all about that pre-launch period, generating excitement, getting people interested. Then in our system, we have step four and step five is the actual sales period. So step four is audience conversion. And that's when we're looking to convert into customers as many of these prospects as possible. And then step five is scale. So how far can we scale this? How can we grow this during the launch period? Now, to work with an agency, I mean, to launch a company is... is, is expensive right both in terms of time and also money and so to hire partners like us to really help with that development it's going to be costly and obviously the goal is that there's a good return on that investment certainly but not all people have that investment from the get-go anyway so the reason uh, i published the book was to give people just their own recipe their own guide uh, hopefully i feel that the book is is written in a way that anyone, uh, even if they don't have big budgets, they can't hire a team like us, they can take the book and they can work their way through our system step by step, just like they would a recipe and come out the other end of it uh, with a similar 
uh, approach, um, perhaps not with quite the experience and, and knowledge, but at least from a high level strategy standpoint, from key concepts, from key tactics, people can take that book, go through it day by day as they launch their company and come out the other side with a successful launch, having done it themselves without having to lean too much on, on experts like us. So I want to lean into a little bit more into something outside of this. You originally from the UK, right? Yes, that's true. Yes. So, so what what team do you do you uh, support or do Arsenal? Ah, ah, I kind of felt it. I don't know why. Well, what about you? Do you have an uh, EPL team? Yeah, yeah, Liverpool, but they are not that good now. Not doing good this year. Arsenal do Liverpool have become the Arsenal. Liverpool yeah. are doing poorly. Yeah. Arsenal are doing better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, they are playing now. Like uh, yeah, they're playing Newcastle. Third right of now. January now, they are playing a game in the Premier League. Yeah. yeah. So, can you give us something that people generally would be shocked to know about you? Well, what people would be generally shocked to know about me? Well, I guess. I, I, I'm quite introverted. I'm quite um, behind the scenes person. And so whenever I'm meeting people, they're generally surprised at the fact that I, I have a, a, you know, a company, that I've written a book. I also have a nonprofit that I started. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- uh, as someone who grew up in the UK, you know, I moved to the US um, kind of off the cuff and without, without much planning. So I think... People are generally surprised that in, in the way I in the way I behave and some of the pursuits I have, given that when they meet me, I'm quite a quiet and, and reserved person. So I would say if I surprise people about anything, it's probably that sometimes my my behaviors or my actions don't quite match what I seem like as a person when I'm first met. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that's I guess what's good about us being a human. So we we can behave as we are. And mm-hmm. we can change if we want to. We don't. We don't change if we don't want to. So this is who yeah, we are. Yeah. This is who you are. So there, the, the, there's nothing problem with anyone being being themselves, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, uh, well, where can where can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more from you and they want help with their ecom launch for marketing? Certainly, yeah. Well, the website for our company, russellmarketing.co, you can take a peek at some of the campaigns that we've worked on, some of the products we've worked with, and also get a bit of insight into our launch system. If you want to check out the book, then the book's available at www.launchin5book.com, launching five with the, with the number five. Uh, if you want to check out the foundation, russellgives.org is that URL, and I always welcome emails and questions from people individually as well so feel free to to get in touch with me directly they can do so at my email address which is will at russellmarketing.co i would love to chat to people awesome well thank you Will, for being in this episode of the success secret podcast with me very insightful and informative thanks very much Hussein. pleasure to be here thank you for listening to this episode of success grid Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.